And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hello? Hi. John, Joe, Plummer. Joe Plummer. Joe Plummer. Joe. Yeah. Okay, Joe. Um, how about Third the... time in a row. Yeah. What day of the week is it? Well, it's Friday. That's right. And as I told you, my Fridays are like other people's Mondays. It might oh. be a great day for you, Joe, but if you remember correctly, I prefer Mondays. Like, that's not going to work for me. Um, you, I think yesterday you texted me and said to call you tomorrow. Uh, Joe. No, yeah. No. You sure? Joe, man. I'm, All right. I'm All right. the opposite of Bob Geldof. I like Mondays. Okay. All right. Well, good. Um, what time Monday? Yeah, my our Monday. The, the Monday is my Friday. That's what, okay. I, that's what I meant. Monday is in Monday. Okay. I'll call you on Monday at 9 a.m. Sure. Hey! 
John Schmerzel has been the guitarist and keyboardist for bands Brainiac, Enon, and most recently Caribou. In this episode, John tells us how the sleepless fog of tour can lead to an impromptu outfit tailoring and how playing a pantsless show may cure that fearful dream of being naked in public. From Ruinous Media, this is Tour Stories. So, you know how, like, a lot of people have those, like, anxiety dreams where, you know, they're in school taking a test or they're arriving at school for an exam or something else important and suddenly they realize that they're naked. So I've had this happen where I, it's, you know, like, unpreparation. And uh, basically, this is what happened to me. So Caribou, when we play, we wear all white, white pants and white shirts. And it's for, one, for uniformity, and two, so our light show basically can broadcast over us and be fluid. So anyway, we're on tour, and it's festival season. It's the Isle of, what was the old Isle of Wight festival became festival. We take a ferry to it, and I arrived to discover my friend Kate LeBond was playing the festival and I hadn't seen her or any her bandmates in a while. So everyone it's you know, since it's on an island, uh and it was one of the situations where we uh, coming, you know, from some other sleepless thing, everybody was pretty excited to we dropped off our stuff and backlined and did a sound check or whatever. And then everyone else was heading back to the hotel to get some R and R. And I decided it was the one chance, basically, because it's since it's on an island, it's you know where the, the accommodations were situated. It was kind of like I would either have to go do that or just stay. And I really wanted to hang out with people. So you know, when we were done, I ran over to the van, reached into my big bag to pull out some necessities to put into my small bag, my carry-on bag. So I reached in to grab my my goods and. Went about my day, hanging out, had a lovely time hanging out. And a festival is one of those festivals where people dress up in outfits and stuff and people get super wasted and dance and do things they do at festivals. So and we weren't going on until very late. So many, many, many hours had passed and I probably could have benefited from a little bit of sleep, but, you know. Hanging out sometimes gives you more energy than sleep does, or at least that's what you tell yourself. So this always happens, and like it happens in in the dream, it's time. It's showtime, and so it's time to get the clothes on. I think it's like two in the morning, and which is a popular slot for a dance-oriented band like us. It's a costume party. There's people in like rando things there's a lot of dandy looking people or people trying to look dandy or people just trying to disguise themselves uh you know masks and things there's all sorts of people uh and and people dress normally you know anyway we're in the little green room and all of a sudden time to get the whites on and get ready to play the show so i reach into my bag and pull out not a pair of pants and a button-down white shirt, but two button-down white shirts. So this is what I have from the show. So I did what any practical 
touring musician would do in that moment. I turned the bu other button-down shirt into a pair of capri pants, basically, maybe. And so uh, I stuck my legs through the arms, I buttoned up the shirt, and then Dan's wife, Natasha, found some, like, you know, safety pins, and we just kind of, like, pinned the rest of it, you know, underneath my leg. So it was, and it looked weird, but considering it was a festival with costumes and people were kind of, you know, out of their mind on alcohol and, and possibly drugs and stuff. So I was just like, you know what? I think this is going to be fine. It's, I can do this. I can wear a shirt as pants. I kind of looked a little bit like clockwork orange style, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, a bulbous jock strap, but it was just kind of strange and amorphous looking down there. And, uh, and I guess the moral of this story is that when you go to take the test and you realize you're naked, I think the best thing to do is just shrug your shoulders and just take the test naked. Because I don't think people are going to, people don't notice. Once you, once you say that in your dream, I feel like the bets are off. People aren't really noticing these things. Because I don't think, besides backstage, I don't think there, there wasn't a single comment for anybody that what I was doing or wearing, or even that anyone noticed that it was not pants. You've had the dream, this dream. Mm -hmm. Have they happened since? No, I think I've totally uh, cleaned the slate. Nice. So side two to this story, and this this definitely even more so reinforces my nobody cares. Uh, nobody's nobody's really paying attention anymore, and nobody really cares part of this. So uh, 2012, Caribou uh, went on tour in support of Radiohead on their Hail the Thief tour. So tour went well. I think it's the last show of the whole tour. And we were discussing the flights out the next day. Really just boring, mundane type tour stuff. I'm talking to our sound engineer, Christos, and we were sort of bickering about like the leave times. Basically, we had a tiny misunderstanding, but he was doing that like, you know, I'll bet you basically that you're wrong about this. And I'm like, oh yeah? yeah, up in the ante. And he's like, all right, what do you want to bet? And he's like, all right, if I lose, I'll mix the show with no pants. And if you lose the bet, you play the show with no pants. I'm like, okay, you're right. So what does no pants mean? Does that mean no underwear? No, it, it didn't. Unfortunately, that would have okay. really made the bet. Uh, this wasn't a Chili Peppers, no Nick Oliveri thing. We were in France, and if it could go down anywhere, it probably could go down like that in France. But I, I don't think he was trying to create a situation where I would also had to go to jail afterwards. I mean, I was in Cincinnati on Lollapalooza when David Yao, the Jesus Lizard, 
exposed himself and was taken to jail promptly off stage. You know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to repeat anything like this. You know, it was a a fairly civilized bet. I mean, I certainly had more risk than Christos did in this bet. I don't even remember what I misunderstood about the terms of the bet, but the bottom line was that what I thought we were betting about and what he thought we were betting about were two different things. And in the outcome, I was the loser. And even though I misunderstood the terms, it didn't matter. I knew like everyone in the band was there when we were making this bet. And so, you know, in the tradition of like any boys club situation, I knew that if I didn't hold true to the bet, that they would never let me live. I would never hear the end of this, right? So I'm like, okay, all right, I'm going to do it. Uh, you win fair and square. And everybody was very, very, very excited about this. But I just, you know, I just did it, basically. Right before we go on stage, took off the pants in boxes. I wear boxes. I, and I think this is a very good reason to think about wearing boxes when you, you know, if you lose a bet such as this, it's better to have on boxers than, like, you know, the banana hammock or whatever. So I'm on stage playing. I'm looking out. I see people taking pictures here and there, but not not like a self-conscious way. I'm just sort of like, yeah, that's that's what people do when you're on stage. You know, they occasionally take pictures and stuff. But the guys were scouring the internet in the weeks afterwards to see if there was any evidence out there in the world of me playing without my pants on. And there were none. In fact, I, the Radiohead guys as well, I don't, you know, they would watch our show, uh, and I don't think anyone, no one asked me why I wasn't wearing pants or anything like that. Like, I, literally nobody noticed. I challenge anyone out there. If anyone was at that show or has any evidence to, to give to the contrary, it would be, it would, at this point, it would, it would uh, amuse me to see if there was any evidence out there. Because, you know, you play in front of Fifteen to 20,000 people, you would figure somebody might notice something like that. Why don't people notice people aren't wearing pants anymore? Can you walk down your street and people won't notice? This is a good point, I guess. Like the mores of things. Did Lady Gaga ruin this stuff by coming out in the in the meat dress? Like, or is it just no holds bar now? I don't <laughs> know. I think so. People have seen it all. The kids have seen it all. I mean, it's kind of cool. It's either they've seen it all or they just aren't really looking. That's kind of what I'm I'm feeling about this. Right. What are they looking at? I have a guess. I think they're looking for a good thing to take a picture of themselves in front of. Yeah. I think I've played in some shorts before and felt like I was... I mean, I know I played in shorts when I was playing in hardcore bands, but I don't think I've played in shorts in my, you know, indie rock should be wearing pants. It's always been forbidden in my in my rule book. Yeah, mine you know, too. like even in the nineties, you know, there was a bit of that and when I was in Brainiac and stuff, we we you know, we cared a bit more about what we wore on stage and so forth. But I always felt like shorts were just a bad proposition personally. Yeah. But understandable in the hardcore situation. Right. I actually uh, remember I played in shorts in Las Vegas. Was that just because it was Las Vegas and you, you know, yes. decided to? And we were about a f- hundred feet from a pool. Oh, I wore my running shorts. So this is my rule, actually. I don't like to even wear shorts, and I don't like to be seen in shorts. Basically, okay. 
on stage yeah. or off. But my rule is if you are adjacent to a body of water, then it's okay. So you might right. see me like if we're on an island or something like that around, then then it's okay to be in shorts. I definitely don't want to be photographed necessarily. I mean that's how that's how uh kind of snobby I am about this. But I but the, but that's the rule. I, I what I'm saying, Joe, is that I I agree with you. You were you were okay to be <laughs> okay. wearing shorts and okay. I guess Thank you. She took her bath and fell from the sky. Wanted to say hi or something, but you know there's always something but air. The waves of the water from the ocean, the wind that doesn't care. So, Joe, I, I mean, this isn't a pantsless story, but uh, it is sort of the same in, in that it's about being, like, not prepared. There was another caribou show we played in Amsterdam that was, it must have been a fly-in thing, because I normally have, like, a backup base of some kind. But basically, we're, like, you know, we only have a few more songs left, and I broke a bass string, which you know how pretty rare that is to happen. Which is probably why I was thinking it would be I would be okay without asking at a club show that we flew into for a, a backup bass. So string breaks. Meanwhile, our our guitarist runs backstage to see if there's anything. And Mercury Rev had uh, were playing the next day, so their bus was parked behind the club. I think it was at the, uh, the Paradiso, and uh, so they were parked in back. He ran back there to to see if they had a bass I could borrow. This was all in the span of like what seemed like hours to me on stage. It was just a couple minutes. He comes back with a left-handed bass. And so I'm sitting there trying to tune this thing upside down while both Dan and Ryan are talking to me. They're like, okay, so you can either try and do this with the left-handed bass. And I'm trying to tune it. And of course, I'm trying to tune the strings up and it's opposite. So it's going down and that's confusing me while I'm listening to them. Or we could like try and put like... A, a bass sound up on on Ryan's keyboard, and you could just play it on there. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think I want to do that for the first time on the fly. So I'm just going to take my chances with the, the Jimi Hendrix, uh, you know, bass thing. It was survivable. I just kept it simple. Luckily, there were just two more songs, and one of them was pretty minimal. A lot more singing than notes played, but. I haven't done this yet, but I'm left-handed. I learned to play right. It kind of made me want to get a left-handed bass, just so I would never have to. I mean, I I was more scared to play a left-handed bass in front of like a thousand people than I was to take my pants off in front of like fifteen thousand people. So I don't know what that says, but there was one other time that I exact same thing. It's always the eleventh hour. We're playing, there's a festival in Chicago, it was outdoors, and the, the little trailers, they had like these little, you know, mobile trailers that were the green rooms, were very far away from the stage, and we're just basically waiting to go on stage, and all of a sudden, it's like, okay, three, two, one, go, you know, good show, guys, and we're going on stage, and I realize I don't have my in-ears, my, my, my battery pack. 
and the trailer is, you know, a half mile away. And I'm like, oh, fudge. So we just walk out on the stage and I'm like, I, we don't have monitors. We just have these things. So I'm just, I start playing. I do have, my bass is an amp, but almost everything else pretty much is like coming through the house, including my voice. So I'm literally like listening to the sound of my voice bouncing off the buildings on the other side of the park we're playing on, coming back at me. And I'm like, like adjusting as I, as I hear it coming back. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was challenging. I didn't tell anybody about this and, uh, I, I survived. Luckily the bleed, you know, it wasn't like one of those super isolated stages where you just couldn't hear anything, but I was relying on a very delayed. Thanks to John for the story. And thanks to you for listening. If you like tour stories, please subscribe. And don't forget about our companion episode, The Check-In, all at ruinousmedia.com slash tour stories slash tour stories. Calling to you from here to Japan Hoping a few of you understand As the feelings on the river head for the drain A conscious and a trigger left at the reins You really get off on all things humans You really get off on all mankind It's really a scoff just sporting through this To really get off and on our time See it happen without apprehension up the power of yawning Pulling the burden straight from the can With the postal of chain citizen Now we're setting up a vessel Five feet of same Taking the epistle straight to the vein And it's still all set to have to talk about that Dangling out the window to find you You could agree you might buy the fence And that might just simply make no more sense but could appear to be on your side Turning just the same, they go run and hide Oh well, wherever we go, we're off to new things Wherever we've been, they put us on Wherever we go, it's often through things Wherever we go, it's going gone So can it happen every single second Till you wake up, we know where to find you Yes, I'm content Could that be my
Japan Pulling out the burden straight from the can Sometimes the world can give you an itch You try and scratch it up and find a new niche Wake up, it's all red, white, and blue. Okay.